Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Valentine's Day. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Happy Love Day, everyone. Happy Love Day. I hope you got many Love Day presents. I got all the loves. I was good, I just, as I said that, you were sitting there just like with your like, shoulders real low, just like this, just like looking very grumpy. <laughs> looking very grumpy. <laughs> well, I've got reason to be grumpy. Have you? What's because that? we watched the movie Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's not actually Love Day today, is it? It was a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. We are late to Love Day. And we watched this movie, which is not good. End of episode, everybody. Yep. It's over. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, Love See Day. You next week. <laughs> Love Day. Wasn't that a um detective show? Oh no, I'm thinking of Lovejoy. You're thinking of Lovejoy, who was an antiques detective. That's right. Very niche. Very... Yeah. Um yeah, do do you remember Lovejoy? I remember the concept of Lovejoy, but I don't think I've ever actually seen it. And I remember it being spoofed on the smell of Reeves and Mortimer, but I think uh, that's okay. it. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, like how so many uh, of the things that I know about I've just picked up because it was mentioned on The Simpsons once. There's there's also a, a much smaller subset of that, which is stuff I know about because it was pastiched on the smell of Reeves and Mortimer in the 90s. <laughs> like the band so, Go West. There's a thing they did where... Um, Steve Coogan was known as the bloke from Go West, and he had this like massive, gigantic, huge forehead like a funnel, and he was very, very sad because someone had hidden Ribena under his chair or something. It was very weird and very stupid, but that's the only reason I know that there's a musical act called Go West. That's <laughs> well worth it. They were they were an eighties band, weren't they? Go West. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know their music at all well but i know that they exist yep i'll find a picture of that it's definitely one of steve coogan's weirder turns <laughs> i like it when steve coogan gets weird though yeah absolutely nothing wrong with that he needs to get more weird but lovejoy was ian mcshane that's right um and yeah he was he's an antiques dealer who solves mysteries or something like that, Is that I, what I thought you was? meant it was when you said antiques detective it was like someone who like was looking for antiques who's trying to detect antiques among things that are new no no so i think i think it's he's a this one's fake i think it's like he's like a renegade antiques dealer who's like i'm i'm the i'm the bad boy of antiquing Back once again with the renegade antiques dealer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just love that, um, that, you know, Ian McShane, star of such brilliant shows as Deadwood and American Gods. Yeah, he's everyone's everyone's favourite grizzled cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Have you watched American Gods? No, I haven't, actually, and I haven't, I haven't read it either. Ah, um, it's good, it's good. I've always meant to. It's been on my, on my pile. 
um both the 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 book is is great and then the the tv adaptation is also very good yeah um, so well well worth it actually um but yeah ian mcshane brilliant but ian mcshane is not in this week's film he would have improved it for sure he would have been imagine him in the role that julia roberts had for instance <laughs> Yeah, which was what was her thing? She's in the military. She's on a plane. I watched this last week, so I've com- I've forgotten <laughs> so about all about it. You watched it, it yesterday. I know. I'm going to have to rely on my notes then to drive this episode. Yeah, I, I made notes too, but yeah, I'm going to have to rely on my notes on Wikipedia <laughs> because that's the thing with these kind of films, isn't it? So this is a Gary Marshall film, and that meant something very, very different 30 years ago. But now <laughs> it means it's one of those films where there's 50 plots. And you don't know what's going on. And there's loads of people walking into rooms and saying things to each other. And there's kind of very, very cheesy and over obvious themes in the conversations. But none of it actually really joins up. Yeah, that's exactly right. So this week's film is Valentine's Day, if we've not mentioned that already. The movie Valentine's Day, not the day Valentine's Day. Yeah. We're not reviewing the day Valentine's Day. No. But the movie by Gary Marshall. As you said, once acclaimed, did did some great romantic movies, um, but then this was the was this the first turn I think of these ensemble pieces. I believe so. Yes, New Year's Eve, which we have reviewed, I think the very yes. first time we had a New Year on this show, which was a which was decades ago, a very obviously long time. a very long time ago. <laughs> um, we say as we approach our three hundredth episode, but yeah, um, New Year's Eve followed swiftly, and then there was a five year gap, and then Mother's Day came in twenty sixteen. But um, Gary Marshall, I didn't realise all of the things that he's done, even just the headlines. He created Happy Days, um, Laverne and Shirley, which I only know exists because of the far side. <laughs> that's that's another <laughs> another of those things. Um, and Mork and Mindy. So that's all like kind of good, like old stuff that is good and that has been very, very influential. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I'm not going to say I've ever actually sat down and watched an episode of Happy Days, but that's one of the things where like the osmosis of it, I think you, you can feel the cultural impact of it, can't you? Yes. yeah. As a absolutely, millennial. Absolutely. And then um, in terms of um, the, the the film adaptations, obviously we've got things, uh, or the films he's directed rather, we've got things like Overboard, Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride as well, one of the later ones. Oh, yeah. Um, did The Princess Diaries. Um, but then, yes, turned into an ensemble movie director in the 2010s and has done three of them of diminishing returns but in terms of general like perception but i'm gonna say that new year's eve was better than this oh yeah new year's eve was a thousand times better than this yeah it had um zach efron and michelle pfeiffer going to a party (laughs) yeah which was genuinely one plot line out of many that was vaguely enjoyable whereas i'd argue that this one has zero plot lines which are enjoyable yeah, there, there's no one you were really rooting for in this, was there? No, it's it's a real, it's a buffet of gruel. It's <laughs> Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's gruel with hearts on top. Yeah, with, with some rose petals sprinkled on it. Um, it's all very cliched, very surface level stories that never really do anything um, to particularly engage you. And some of them are quite jarring next to one another as well, um, which didn't really happen in New Year's Eve, where you kind of it kind of just fumbled along. You don't have that tonal whiplash that you have here, where some of the stories have a very particular um, atmosphere and 
and sort of vibe and then suddenly you'll go into something completely different and and the biggest example of that is the 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 high school one uh, which what? feels like a, a vaguely sanitized uh, american pie well there's a couple of weird high school ones isn't there really weird those are the worst and the weirdest of the lot i think yeah. one of which is taylor swift and taylor lautner who <laughs> taylor and taylor who which is hilarious enough the double taylor <laughs> who apparently had recently been dating in real life and had broken up when they were filming this which is kind of doubly hilarious wow. um but like yeah her, i mean I like her music. I think she's cool. I think she gets a lot of hate for no reason. Um, but, like, she is awful in this. Her acting is just so <laughs> bad. And the script is awful as well. So, like, she could she could only work with what she was given. But, like, she is horrendous. But I think the other one, the other high school one, is even worse. Absolutely. Which is that Emma Roberts has about five scenes. She tells everyone, her parents, her teachers, everyone, I'm going to have sex with my boyfriend later. It's so weird. No one would do that. No one talks like that. It's really strange, isn't it? Yeah. And then particularly when this is a kind of movie where I don't think it's necessarily aimed at teenagers either. Like when you've no. got like the when you've got the old people story. And you've got the middle-aged people stories, which makes up quite a lot of this film. This isn't necessarily na- aimed at, like, teenage girls to go and watch in the same way that other romantic comedies are. This is more of a attempting to do something for all ages thing, which makes this story about two people trying to lose their virginity really weird and incongruous, doesn't it? Yeah, because there's an old couple doing old people stuff, isn't there? Which it's like it's trying to throw something in for everyone, and like by doing that, being for nobody because it's too broad and too like. Oh, what, why do I have to care about them now? You know, it's just like <laughs> not that I'm saying you can't have a good range of range of ages in a film, obviously. But if you're trying to throw everything together and like create like fifty plots at a time, you know, that's just going to make it worse, isn't it? It's yeah. It's it's really it really struggles. Um, I think. Um, I kind of enjoyed the old people's story, apart from the plot twist is really silly, which is that actually... What was it? She had an affair 60 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have like a romantic re-sort of getting back together and being, it's okay, don't worry about it. Hopefully they think, teenagers are watching that thinking, oh, old people in love, isn't that sweet? And old people are watching it going, oh, teenagers, they aren't all having sex all the time. They're just talking about it. (laughs) That's that's exactly right. A little bit of a factoid for you. Um, the older man is played by Hector Elizondo. Oh, yes. What do I know him in, from? Well, he's been in all sorts over the years. He's had a really accomplished career. Um, but he is in a movie that I love called Leviathan from the year 1989. And it's like if The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, was underwater in a secret research. Facility. You've talked about this before and I, <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> We should, well, we can't watch it for the podcast because it is not romantic. No. Um, but it stars the guy who played Robocop. Um, and Robert it Cop. stars <laughs> Robert Cop. Peter Weller, guy who played Robocop. Um, Ernie Hudson as well. Oh, my main um, man. Daniel Stern, oh, guy from Home Alone. My other main man. Yep. Home Alone um, and um, Rookie of the Year, let's not forget, which yeah. he also directed. Um, and it is directed by. George P. Cosmatos. Oh, okay. 
Who's the um, father of Panos Cosmatos, is that yes. right? Yes. And uh who of course directed some uh some wonderful movies. He's directed Mandy, which is a which was yeah. a big hit with both of us, wasn't it? Which is great. And also um a, a really good film called Beyond the Black Rainbow, too. Oh yes. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it's interesting. I'd like to see Panos Cosmatos remake Leviathan at some point. Sounds good. Come and make a, a weird underwater body horror movie. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> but anyway, unfortunately, nothing as exciting as that happens in Valentine's Day. Nothing um, exciting no... at all happens in Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> no. So let's go. Let's go over some of the plots then. So we've got Ashton Kutcher. It's going to have to our, be a double episode if we do that. <laughs> our man. We won't talk about all of them because there's, there's no point. No. But our, our man from Punked, and he's kind of like the <laughs> central driving force of the film because he delivers flowers to people and that's the film wants like, you to think that and he's he gets a lot of screen time because of that but at the same time you just don't care <laughs> yeah his his plot is the most boring of all of them because all he is is a mechanism to get to other people's plots he proposes to his girlfriend played by jessica albert who's in this movie for a grand total of about three minutes overall um and then she then decides she doesn't want to marry him eventually like later on that morning and leaves him instead uh and then um he gets a bit sad and that, and that's basically the storyline and then at the end he, he he falls in love with his best friend um, yeah and that that that's it so well, they sort of have one conversation where they go i've kind of always loved you yeah yeah you, you too yeah all right yeah let's get together i was literally about to fly off to the other side of the country and then did do that and now I'm back here, and I flew to the other side of the country for a man that I loved, but now I'm in love with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that that's uh, that's that's something. Um, you've got, like we said before, we've got the two high school ones. The one with the tailors isn't really a story. No, um, it's it's an excuse to yeah, as you say, do that kind of intergenerational thing and sort of go, hey, pop culture, look. But also, it, there's a weird, there's a very creepy scene where it's got like news anchors interviewing them. Like news anchors wouldn't come down to a school to do a thing about Valentine's Day talking to teenagers. That is so creepy and weird. And again, that's that's the other strange thing about this movie is that's the other storyline that threads between the others is Jamie Foxx interviewing people and then handing oh, yeah. off to his, his cameraman to do the rest. It's James Foxx who, I don't know if I'm going to bring this up now, but later on in the film says, I'm the chocolate when, <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's, when he's promised himself romantically to a woman. Yeah. She says, I got the chocolate. He goes, yeah, I'm the chocolate. <laughs> um yeah so we've got that story as well um then we've got we've got woman who hates valentine's day played by jessica beale yeah who perhaps Um, is the only convincing performance in the whole thing yeah i think that's fair enough i think that's fair she i think Um, leans into the idea of it quite well and she genuinely does the sort of grumpy like grumpy singleton thing in a way that is genuinely funny yeah, it's it's really goofy the way that she does it. She, it's very scenery chewing, but it does it works better than any other story in this film. Um, and she is the publicist or manager of a NFL player who is thinking about retiring, and that plot line goes nowhere apart from he says he does a press release and says I'm gay. And he doesn't just say I'm gay. He says I'm gay and I'm going to play. 
and that rhyme is fantastic. <laughs> Again, speaking of kind of like weird, clunky lines in the script, that made me yeah. laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, and it turns out at the end, spoiler alert, that he is in love with, with um, Bradley Cooper's character, who is another one of the subplots where he's on a plane with Julia Roberts and they talk. <laughs> and that's it. That's the plot between those yeah. two. His, he, he, they filmed him for five minutes talking to her on a plane, doing his kind of I'm a wise guru man face. <laughs> Basically. Um, and yeah, so that's... Um, I, I can't even be bothered to go into the rest of the stories. There's a few other ones as well. You've got the old people. You've got um, the boy who loves... Um, what's her face? Oh, there's a, a young boy being in love with his older stepsister or babysitter or his, whatever. No, his t- his teacher. Which is also <laughs> creepy. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Garner is the teacher. Jennifer Garner is the one who eventually falls in love with Ashton Kutcher, does not get punked, but does pre- <laughs> he, she does get punked previously by Patrick Dempsey, who is married, and she loves Patrick Dempsey. Um, but yeah, he's oh, yeah. Um, he's Patrick very Dempsey annoying does, in this. I'm going to say something controversial here. He's very annoying in everything. Yeah. Can I say <laughs> no, that? No, I agree. Am yeah, I you can. to say that? I, do I don't like think I've seen anything. him in anything where I've liked him. And it might no. be that he's always played like objectionable characters, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Um, he's got a smug face. I'm not a fan of him in general. The only other thing that I remember him from is he's in Grey's Anatomy. He's Which the, is a show that loads of people liked that I haven't seen and, and don't know about. Doctor. Then he's also in Bridget Jones 3. Oh, that's right. He was really annoying in that. (laughs) That was very annoying. He's in, um, what's it called? The, it's like Enchanted and then Disenchanted he's in. Oh, yeah. And is annoying in that as well. Um, So I'm not, I'm not a great. He's also in Transformers Dark of the Moon. So let's hold (laughs) that against him as well. Transformers Dark of the Moon. It says that on his Wikipedia. I watched that in the cinema because for some reason people wanted to see it and I do not remember him being in that. Patrick Dempsey as Dylan Gould, a wealthy car collector and Carly's employer who is secretly working with the Decepticons. What? (laughs) Oh my God, spoiler alert for Transformers Dark of the Moon. Spoiler alert for Um, people who want to watch films that are about toys. <laughs> you were just going to leave that at spoiler alert for people who want to watch films. Well, also that. I mean, we have a spoiler warning at the beginning of <laughs> every do. episode. We do have a spoiler warning, too. Wait. In his um, youth, Dempsey participated in juggling competitions. In 1981, he achieved second place at the International Jugglers Association Championship in the juniors category. Just behind Anthony Gatto, who is considered to be the best technical juggler of all time. What? Wow. That's interesting, but also juggling is one of the most annoying hobbies. That's so true. It tracks. That's true. I would I would not trust a juggler. Anyone who could juggle, no. <laughs> Untrustworthy. Untrustworthy. Um, so so that will do for an overview because I'm sure there's some other ones. Well, there's but, um, um oh, Anne Hathaway. You've forgotten about Anne Hathaway. She's oh, always in I these films. About, I forgot about Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway yeah. and Topher Grace. And she she does a sex line, and like as in she's the person on the other end of the sex line when you phone the sex line, which is the thing. This film came out in 2010, right? Like that's definitely the tail end of the kind of phone sex line era, isn't it? <laughs> like yeah, do, do, do those still exist? I'm sure they don't. Like surely that's the last year that you could have gotten away with having that in a film. But anyway, she um 
She's always like taking the calls from people while she's doing other stuff. Hilariously, she's out in a restaurant. She's walking down the street. She's riding a moped whilst doing this. And someone's looking at her going, huh, are you saying sex things on the phone? And like, that's the running gag throughout the whole thing. When it's like, if you do that, you would not do that. <laughs> and then and then Topher Grace, who plays the most boring man in the world in this movie, yeah. um, is shocked and appalled when he finds out that she does this and runs away. Yeah, I was Which... hoping that he would just turn into Venom at the end. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. But he, it was really frustrating because it's like, it was the world so much of a, a conservative place in 2010 that if someone did phone sex for a job, that if you knew that about them, then you'd oh that's way too much drama i'm not gonna get involved here yeah and it it treats it it's 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 in there but it's it looks at it through a very conservative lens doesn't it it's it's sort of tittering at it isn't it it's like yeah oh yeah. imagine this here's a li- here's a little tiny bit of smut haha that's funny yeah and and then the, the the sort of reaction of him is he finds out that she's doing this because she needs to pay off um her her education debt from a graduate fees or whatever it is yeah. and he goes oh that i didn't sign up for this and he like goes off and you're like why would you just go off for that it's a job that she's got yeah really weird framing like obviously this movie needed to have the cliche of someone going off and then realizing they were wrong and coming back but it, they chose to do it in such a weird story yeah they could have done any 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 one of these million plots could have had that someone leaving and then coming back thing couldn't it like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just ticks off every single romantic movie cliche over all of these, all of these films, um, all, all of these little stories in this film. But they could have done it in another one. It's really strange that they chose to do it in that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so yeah. Have, have I missed any others that we need to actually mention? Um, I don't think so. Well, there we go then. <laughs> It's terrible. There's a few other notes that I made. One thing to note is that they're still adding new stories from like 40 minutes in. Yeah, I know. It's really strange that I don't remember that happening in New Year's Eve. I swear that they got them established relatively early and then they sort of bounced between them. Whereas here they, they drip feed them for like the first third of the film. Yeah, I, f- I feel like Topher Grace wasn't even in it till like about two thirds of the way through. It's really, yeah, it's it's really odd, the pacing. And it kind of keeps taking you out because you can't get engaged in a single story because it hops over to something entirely new that you need to focus on instead. Yeah. It's just really odd. And then the, everyone's in it for like two minutes and you're like, oh, it's that person, it's that person. Suddenly Kristen Schaal is in it playing a teacher and she never appears again. Oh, and I was like, I, I wanted her story. <laughs> what a waste of her in yeah. this film genuine waste of like probably the funniest person in this movie yeah and and she's in it for one scene where she's like sexually repressed and is like oh gosh you're talking about sex sex imagine talking about sex in a film and then and then never appears again and you're just like oh you deserve so much better than this um it's it's yeah it's 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 disappointing disappointing use of Kristen shell yeah, disappointing use of everyone, even the people we don't like. Yeah, yeah, even the people that we 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 don't particularly enjoy the work of, they're underused in this film because there's just too much going on. Yeah, but there's so much then, going on all the time, but at the same time, there is nothing going on at all. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's not in a good way. That's not in a Seinfeld. It's a show about nothing way. 
It's just nothing happening. This isn't boyhood. No. <laughs> they didn't film this over 12 years. No. Can you imagine 12 different <laughs> Valentine's Days? He should just do a movie called Year, and it's just an entire year. Who, Gary Marshall? Yeah. He is dead. Is he dead? Yeah, he died like seven years ago. This was one of his last films. I oh, know Mother's Day was his last film. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, 2016. Oh, wow. I did not know that. He was 81. Mother- good innings. That's a good, yeah. Oh, well. Well, they should, in his honour, they should make a movie called Year. <laughs> then. And they should get everyone who's ever acted in any one of his <laughs> films to do it. Yes. And then just have it going and the movie itself lasts a month. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 what we should do. That's what we should do. We should add it to the Big Boys Productions long list of movies to adapt. Yeah. Um, that's, that's near the bottom list of priorities. Yeah. That's below any Wizard Cop film. Anything in the Wizard Cop franchise has to take priority. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, But I did want to mention that there are some really weird other decisions in this movie. As boring as it is, there's some really strange stuff that goes on. Um, One of them is the weird racism against Bulgarians. Yep. Don't know if you picked up on that. Yep, yep. (laughs) Very odd decision there. Um, The Ashton Kutcher story has some weirdness in it. Um, He, Patrick Dempsey, the most annoying man in the world... (laughs) Um, that's now his title. He comes into Ashton and Kutcher's Patrick, I know you listen every week. He's juggling away. He's there. He's juggling. He's a juggler. Because he is he's juggling. juggling. He's juggling two women. He's he's juggling different relationships because he's a skis bag. Um, and he's there and he goes, hi, I'm Dr. Juggler. I want to deliver flowers to my wife and to my mistress. Yeah. Um, and Ashton Kutcher goes, ha, sure thing, mate. We do that all the time because I have no morals. Um, <laughs> it like looks like he might be conflicted about it for a second. And then he goes, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, we do it. We, it what does he say? It's it's florist's discretion or something. He says, yeah, we'll do it. I'm a florist nepo baby. I got this company from my dad. He's like 25 and he owns the floristry place. He owns... Uh, Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Uh, but then he he hears the name of his best friend who he eventually falls in love with. Um Jennifer Garner's character and he still goes through with delivering the flowers whereas at that point surely he'd say that's my friend. I own this shop, get out. I'm going to throw roses at you and they're going to spike you and it's going to hurt until you leave. Yeah. That's what I'd do if I was a florist. If I was Ashton Kutcher. I would hit him with roses and then go, you've just got punked. And then some pop punk would play in the background. Which is oh, that what I remember from punked, I think. Blink-182 suddenly run into the shop and start knocking things over. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember punked being around at the sort of the same time as Jackass, really, but we didn't really have access to it. Or it was on too late in the day on MTV or whatever. I don't remember watching loads of yeah. it. Yeah. We watched it was, Jackass. It was, like, it was a highly sanitised Jackass because it was just a celebrity playing mild pranks on other celebrities. Yeah, and I think I could tell that at the time because Jackass... I, I don't know, man. It's so it's hard to overstate the importance of Jackass, isn't it? As to people who are around our age, how kind of anarchic it was. And I'm probably sure these days it probably seems tame because people are doing extreme shit on TikTok all day, all the time, and that's being thrust into your eyeballs at a thousand miles an hour all the time. But there was nothing else on at the time. And yeah, watching the guys do what they were doing in Jackass, even stuff like the golf course air horn, I was guaranteed to make me cry <laughs> with laughter. 
But the, the, the anarchic styling of it was just, there was nothing else like that. And it felt so countercultural and so revolutionary. And punk just felt like, yeah, like a sort of weak-ass influencer version of that. Yeah, I think punked was maybe the beginning of the death knell of MTV as being a county cult- counter-cultural movement. Yeah. Because, you know, you, when you think of MTV, you think of, you know, starting out with, with, with music videos, doing lots of really interesting stuff, showing really interesting music, you know, shifting into things like Beavis and Butthead, showing yeah. all those other cartoons like Eon Flux and things like that. Mm. Um, and then, Beavis and Butthead, also very, very anarchic and off the wall and surprisingly yeah, weird. Yeah, um, and then that shifted into Daria, which again had that kind of um, I still love Daria Gen X sardonic atmosphere. Really funny show and holds up incredibly well, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Providing you have downloads of it rather than watching it on streaming services because it's lost all the rights to the music. What? So all of the <laughs> so it no longer has all of the iconic nineties and two thousands music, which made up a core component of the the show's atmosphere. So what have they it's, done? They've replaced it with like stock music. It's it's just people going la 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 la. No, it's 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 it feels it feels really <laughs> odd now. I'm telling you, really strange to watch it without the original scores. Um, That's not good. But then, yeah, you had Daria and you had Jackass, so it continued that kind of countercultural angle. You had things like MTV Two, which, although normal MTV was then just showing pop music, MTV Two still kept showing interesting new stuff. But punk was kind of the death knell of MTV as doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And it then descended just into generic, absolute pop culture normality from that point on. Yeah. I, I, I never liked it. And I, I found Ashton Kutcher annoying then, and I find him annoying now as well. <laughs> He's not the most annoying man in the world, but perhaps no, the second. No. Do you, what are your thoughts on, on the Kutch? On Ashton Kutcher, I'm not a fan. I do know that in real life he's a venture capitalist, which is always a dodgy sign. Yeah. Um, he's been in some stuff over the years which I've enjoyed. Um, I've never seen Dude Where's My Car. That no, one was around never, at school and I've never seen it. Well, I've never seen it, it either, <laughs> so we have to watch it at some point. Yeah. Um, he is in The Butterfly Effect, which is a decent movie. I've That's never not, seen that either. It's not amazing. Lots of people loved it, but it's okay i remember everyone talking about it at the time and being like that looks shit (laughs) (laughs) he he very much oh my god i'm looking at the poster for it now he very much looks like a new metal musician this looks like a new metal (laughs) album it's got it's got big (laughs) no it's not big new metal vibe no no this looks like an early placebo album cover it, it, the movie itself is like big Evanescence vibes, that kind of crossover of new metal into emo scene. Right. That's the kind of vibe of it. He's going to wake um, you up inside. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then he's he kind of went into sort of less good stuff. Apparently, doesn't he give a really good performance as Steve Jobs in the Jobs movie? Yes, I've seen, I have really seen bad. that. I have seen that and he his performance was good. It's not a good film, but his performance but, but was good. He, yeah, I've heard that he's really good in it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of him in general. I think that is the only thing I've seen that I th- I think I I liked his performance. Did you like that seventies show? Did you watch? Never that? seen it. No, no idea about it. it. Stupid um, name. He took over as the lead in Two and a Half Men as well if you oh yeah that. i was a very very lowbrow lowest common denominator sitcom 
that like um, when you're channel hopping and like you're, you're looking going through the comedy shows that's always what comes up or that was the case maybe <laughs> five or ten years ago yeah <laughs> like, it was always on it was always on tv wasn't it um so yeah i'm not a big fan of ashton kutcher but he's not the worst thing about this movie um no he but, has competition <laughs> but he does like like i said it's really weird that he decides that he's going to deliver these flowers um, and then also then, I, as I sent you a text earlier, I do have written in my notes, and I quote, punked man is dog cucked. Um, <laughs> which is another Did really someone strange... steal his dog? Sorry? Did someone steal his dog? Yeah, if you remember, Jessica Alba takes the dog when they oh, break up. Oh, that's right. It's clearly, he's got a border collie, and it's clearly his dog. And when Jessica Alba splits up with him, the dog goes and sits on the bed next to Jessica Alba. And and later on in the movie, you just see Jessica Alba walking the dog. So clearly, Ashton Kutcher's like, well, okay, you've broken my heart, and you can have my dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just really a really weird decision to make. But I will say, Ashton Kutcher delivered the only line in this movie that made me laugh. Um, and that's because it feels like a line out of something like Four Weddings and a Funeral or Love Actually or something like that, which is when... Um, uh, when Roberts Jr. turns up as um, when the kid's trying to get flowers to deliver to his teacher. Um, she goes over to Ashton Kutcher and goes, I'm his babysitter. And then Ashton Kutcher goes, I'm his florist. Yes. And that is actually a really funny line. I thought that, okay, I thought, okay, fair dues. This movie's been bad, but that was very good. Um, that was the point at which the movie realised its own absurdity Yeah, but it only did that for a split second if it had more of that and if it had more of the Jessica Biel style self-referential or or knowledge of itself and knowledge of the kind of movie that it could have been that could have been better Um, I don't think it would have been good, but I think if it had more of that kind of stuff, it could have been a cosy watch instead of it just being an awkward, boring one. Yeah, you're right. It it thinks that it's cosy and it's trying to be cosy, but it's not. No, no. Instead, you've just got Bradley Cooper talking about the genericness of love to Julia Roberts on a plane. Yeah. Or or you've got um, old people going, you... You've told me the truth, but now all the other truths feel like a lie. I've loved you for a thousand line. years. <laughs> um, but also, let's talk about some of the other weird pacing. Because um, we also do get we get a chase to the roma a, a chase to the airport romance scene. Of course, but, but it tacked half- onto the end. But it happens halfway through the the movie. Oh, that's not the one where Ashton Kutcher is going to leave, and then he realizes he's in love with his best friend. There's another mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it's it's the it's the he runs to the airport to tell her not to get on the plane. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and and he like leaves his shoes at security and runs on because American security guards at airports in 2010 are well known for accepting if someone leaves shoes at an airport and just chases through without going through security properly. Yeah, they definitely let you through without a boarding pass. He would or, definitely yeah. not have been shot and died. Yeah. Um <laughs> It's it's yeah it's really it's just and and yeah so they 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 do this this chase through the airport scene about halfway through and it's just like oh okay that's a weird place to put this in and then of course she gets on the plane anyway and and, and that's it it's like oh okay fine what now and then there's just more guff from people 
what now? Just when you think the film's getting boring, I, I, or just when you think the film is getting good or potentially interesting, here's Anne Hathaway to do her embarrassing sex line thing again. Let's <laughs> all laugh bad, at that. A bad Russian accent. Cause oh, God, yeah. And there's, there's the horrible racist bit in quite early on where they're interviewing the news the news anchors are interviewing oh an asian florist yeah. and they the joke is that like they can't understand him so ashton could just steps in to cite to explain what the thing is that's incredibly racist and even at the time racist. that was incredibly racist yeah um truly truly horrible um and yeah that that really makes you root for ashton kutcher when he steps in on on a a moment where the guy's like i'm gonna get interviewed by tv and he's really excited about it. And then Ashton Kutcher just steps in and takes over. Yeah. He was already in my bad books because we watched the new film with him and Reese Witherspoon. Have you seen the, this one knocking around? I think it's, no, it's I an was, Amazon Prime one. My I wife wants us to watch to, it, but we watched it and it wasn't that good. And he I was, was going really to annoying. I suggest it next time. But if you've already watched it, maybe we should choose something else. Well, I, I've, I've already watched it. I don't mind. I have I have thoughts. I didn't take notes, but he was very irritating in it. So I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'll make up. <laughs> I let you make up your mind. If you want it, if you want to do it, then we can do it. Because mm, I like Reese Witherspoon, so I wanted to like it, but yeah. Um, what about Larry Miller's cameo, though? Yeah. He was okay. Sorry. He got kissed on the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be- being okay is pretty much as good as you can get. That's the thing. Everyone's in this for two minutes. Everyone's yeah. a cameo, apart from Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher's the only non-cameo. Because even, even the other sort of through-road story of, of Jamie Foxx is, is not really... Um, not not really in it more than a cameo because he's just there every so often doing his little thing and then he goes off and does his own stuff he's there just so that you can go oh it's jamie fox that's yeah. it and also well, then he's he's singing at the the like i hate valentine's day party at the end and he's doing like weirdly bad singing and like he can sing he did the ray charles <laughs> film I, that was so weird it's great isn't it I, I i guess they told him you can't actually sing in this scene it's got to be got to be fake singing yeah like why why wouldn't a news anchor maybe be able to belt out a tune like it's, yeah yeah um kathy bates is in this movie as well oh, remember yeah. probably about 30 seconds of screen time yeah I'd, I'd i'd say probably about 30 seconds um it's just so bizarre it is just it's almost like the it's almost the same atmosphere as things like ready player one where it's just Here's someone you'll recognise instead of here's uh, intellectual property you'll recognise. It's the Ready Player One of romantic ensemble <laughs> films. You can put that on your poster. Valentine's Day, movie from 2010. Yeah. That's never going to have another poster made for it ever. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen Ready Player One, but I know that that's what it's like. Yeah, I don't think we know. We have to see it to know, do we? No, no. Even I, though I threatened you with that good time relatively you, recently, you did. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've, I've, I have no interest in watching it. I started reading the book once and found it insufferable and stopped. Um, and I can't imagine the movies any better. No. Hey, do you know video games? Well, have <clears> I got <throat> some video game references for you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I play them every day. I can I can do that for myself. 
Um, but I mean it, old ones. Old I ones mean, that nerds like. Old, old ones, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Um, it's just, yeah, really, really just dull. Um, I don't care for that kind of thing. I don't want just reference after reference. Give me stuff that's real. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Nothing in, in that, nothing in Valentine's Day was real, was it? No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm kind of running out of things to say about this movie because it's so insufferably dull. Ashton Kutcher's from Iowa. <laughs> Thanks for that. That's good to know. Like Slipknot. <laughs> Now, Slipknot should have been in this movie. Imagine if the characters of this film were played by Slipknot. There's nearly enough members of Slipknot. There probably are enough guys, yeah. You know, you've got the guy hitting on the metal tins. He could be Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, you've got the guy with the spiky gimp mask. Yeah. He could run a florist. (laughs) Easy. He could be a florist. Um, Yeah. Is there anything else you actually need to say about this? Um, I'll check my notes, but I I don't think so. It's... It's not good, this film. Don't watch it. There's much better stuff you could watch around Valentine's Day. And if you want to watch like a romantic film, there's going to be a feel-good film. There's much better stuff out there. You know, this is just, it's guff. It's trash. Budget, 52 million. (laughs) Box office, 216 million. That happened in 2010. That would not happen now. It made so much money. And then it led to, of course, New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. Eventually Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day is not good either. Have, but, you, have you watched Mother's Day? Yes, we have. Uh, I think we watched it around Mother's Day because it was there on streaming. <laughs> and like, it, I think it is better than this one. Potentially not as good as New Year's Eve. Okay. Because, yeah, New Year's Eve we did not enjoy, but um, but is better than this. Yeah. there were You were rooting for the Ephronator, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. That storyline actually had something going on you were rooting for michelle pfeiffer i didn't care about anyone on valentine's day no no um it's it's just it just kind of plods along and then it ends and they they smash a pinata and ruin a an indian wedding oh yeah that's right (laughs) they ruined everything so you know yeah. it, it it's weird that this is where Gary Marshall ended up but you, I won't hold it against him because he did no, a lot of stuff no. and was very influential in film and he's not the only person responsible for this. No, and equally like you can't when someone has got an incredible career that they've they've done so many interesting things it doesn't really matter if they have done something bad at the tail end of it. I mean you look at for instance Robert De Niro Al Pacino as acting examples. Robert of De Niro is he the guy from those like weird bread adverts and like dead, <laughs> Dirty Grandpa? Is that the guy? That, that's the guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I know De Niro, the guy you mean. Most famous yeah. for Dirty Grandpa. Um, <laughs> I've not or, even or, seen. Or you know, you, you look at certain horror movie directors, or even um, Francis Ford Coppola, for instance, who who's done a few really not very good movies in the tail end of his career yeah um you can't when people have made excellent things earlier on you can't hold the less good things against them francis ford gap francis francis ford gappler francis ford (laughs) francis ford coppola's dracula is so good that he gets a pass for the rest of his life oh yeah exactly anything he wants to do is fine by me Precisely. You know, it, one thing is, um, there's a movie I've been meaning to watch called Twixt. Um, Twix? 
<laughs> the chocolate bar. Um, yeah, yeah, which stars Val Kilmer, um, Bruce Stern, L. Fanning, um, and is apparently not very good whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but with that cast, and I think I think L. Fanning's like an evil clown, <laughs> something like that. Okay, <laughs> I'm um, listening. Yeah. I'm like, I want to watch that. I want to watch that movie. I'm sure that I'm sure that even the worst Francis Ford Coppola movie has something interesting going on. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, a little bit of trivia then, I guess, for this movie. Yeah. Sandra Bullock could have had Julia Roberts's role. Um, yeah. Also, they looked at Jennifer Aniston, who was eventually in Mother's Day, I believe. Yes, that's um, right. And uh- Jodie Foster for the same role. I remember that Jennifer Aniston plays a mother of a child who has asthma in that film, and the plot lines revolving around that are very tedious. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the plot. Yeah. Incredible. That's the whole film. Um, <laughs> that, that's really great. Um, it was shot over a period of 53 days, not quite a year, but that seems very long for this. I suppose if they give one day to each of the storylines, though, that's... Yeah. That, <laughs> That kind of that kind of adds up, um, and yeah, um, you also could have potentially had Elizabeth Banks in this movie, um, and Catherine Heigl, who was considered for a role but dropped out because of salary demands. Fair play, fair. If yeah. you're going to be in a movie like this, make sure you're getting paid bank for it. Yeah, absolutely. Surely that's the only reason any of them did it. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that that'll do for that'll do for for um for trivia. How are we going to rake? Uh, rank this oh well how many plots are you squeezing into your generic romantic film see the problem there <laughs> is that if we gave this movie a, a top score of 20 out of 20 then it still wouldn't have there wouldn't be enough yeah. um i'm gonna give it a five i think this was a real slog yeah that's fair it was tedious wasn't it it was hard to get through yeah but Valentine's um, Day is in the past now. It's all fine. We've had is. Shrove Tuesday. We've had Ash Wednesday. You know, it's all the big days have happened now. And now we can I'm, just look forward to not, Easter. I'm not familiar with Christianity and I've never known what Ash Wednesday is. Apart from the day when you start the fasting. You go to church and you get a cross on your forehead. Um, and that's it, pretty much. Um, no, it was like he was fasting and shit. You know. Cool. Because it's the day that the fasting begins after you've filled yourself with pancakes. Are you giving yeah, anything exactly. up for Lent this year? I'm trying to give up chocolate. I've never done that before. Oh, That's the classic okay. thing that people do, but I'm trying to do it. So there we go. Oh, well, good luck to you. I had a jam donut today as well. So, you know, I'm definitely finding other stuff. <laughs> yeah, you just got to replace but... it with something possibly worse. Well, definitely worse for you if it's a jam donut, but... Yeah. You just got re- to replace it with something else. I think that's what God would want. He would. He created jam donuts for us to eat them. Yeah. After all. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, next movie, I was going to choose your place or mine. Is it worth us talking about? I'm not sure if... I'm not sure if it is, to be honest. Like, it's... I don't know if I want to talk about it because Ashton Kutcher annoyed <laughs> me. And it's now been a few weeks since I've seen it and I don't want to watch okay. it again. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. I'm going to have to anything... explain that to my wife, but... Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you feel like watching then? Because that was going to be my pick. Uh, you you didn't have a backup. I didn't have a backup, no, because I didn't realise you'd seen it yet. Because it had uh. been suggested by your wife. So I was thinking, ah, well, I can pick that one. 
Well, I, I, I didn't have a backup either. I thought you were going to choose something to get back at me for making you watch this. <laughs> well, I thought the Ashton Kutcher movie may well be that. Yeah. Okay, no, well, um, I was going to say that if you thought Gary Marshall was good, his sister, Penny Marshall, was a giant, an actor, writer, producer, everything. She starred in a lot of films, but also directed Big but also directed A League of Their Own, 1992, which is one of my favourite films. And we've never talked about that, have we? We have not, but that is kind of giving you something good to talk about. Yeah. So there we go. (laughs) Have you ever seen it? Uh, I don't think so, no. That's the baseball. It's the one about women playing baseball. Yeah, the the, the baseball people. Yeah, the baseball women. Yeah, should we do that then? Yeah. Let's do that. And it's got uh, Tom Hanks in it, and I think we need to, to remind ourselves of the time when he was good. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tom Hanks in Elvis is the greatest performance anyone's ever seen. I think it's, I'm just going to say, I think it's telling that Elvis won a lot of BAFTAs and he was not present. <laughs> Austin Butler was there. He wasn't there. It's because he decided he was going to put the fat suit back on and couldn't get through the doors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to be there. <laughs> but He's <I> white. <laughs> He's white. <laughs> I'm really pleased that it did win BAFTAs, by the way. Austin Butler won Best Actor for it. I think that's hilarious. Which which is extremely funny, but I did did enjoy, like we talked about, go and listen to our episode about about Elvis. Um, It's it's a real tour de force of weird nonsense, and it's well worth watching. It's a shit piece. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So do go and watch it. And I'm pleased it won things, because... It did take risks, and it did get weird with it. And you do get to see Tom Hanks in a fat suit doing a weird pseudo Dutch accent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, re- I'm glad that it exists, and I'm glad that to see the Baftas appreciating a shit piece because yeah. the the remaining ninety percent of the ceremony was a circle jerk for a war film. Oh, did um, did War Is Bad yeah win everything? It won pretty much everything. Yeah. Because did you did you know War's bad? Did you know War's bad? There's never been a movie ever about how War Is Bad. <laughs> no. It's never happened. Never, never been done before. It's, an, it's a complex topic that's never. No, war been is done. bad, but this time it's in German. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm never going to watch that. <laughs> Let's no. be honest. I would rather watch Valentine's Day again than watch that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not fast. Oh, one thing we can talk about before the end of the episode because we are running relatively short in comparison to normal. I watched a very strange horror movie that everyone's been talking about. Oh, what was it? It's called Skinnamarink. And that's the name of a little nonsense rhyme for kids. Skinnamarink, kidding, kidding. Yeah, I know um, the one. And um, it's it's very weird. It was made on a budget of like 15 grand. And it's about two kids who wake up and it's dark and their dad is gone. And all of the windows and doors of their flat are gone too. And then bad things happen. And it's really experimental, mainly boring, but with two scenes that are really effective. And it passes the test of when I wake up in the night to go to the loo because I'm an old man now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It crossed my mind when I was walking through the darkness to get to the toilet. And as an old man who watches way too many horror movies... The fact that it managed to hit me like that when most movies don't is, even though it was boring for the most part, still effective enough to get through to that primitive part of my monkey brain. You've so seen them kudos all. to Skinner Marink for doing that. 
Wow. Okay, well, there's your horror film recommendation. Yeah, I mean, I will say it's not for everyone. It's really different, mostly boring, definitely too long. But those two scenes, oh, very good. Very good. Um, So watch it, get bored, don't like it, and hate me. It's really it's really divisive in the same way that the Blair Witch Project is, was divisive when it came out. Really similar sort of through roads of lots of word of mouth viewing. Some people really loving it, other people not liking it. And then me in the middle going, it's boring, but it's atmospheric. And I kind of vibe with it. I was about to ask where you stand with it. I hated it. What, uh, Blair Witch Project? Yeah, I thought oh. it was the most dull bunch of overhyped <laughs> garbage <laughs> nonsense. And that's the thing, it's really boring, and that's something I like about it, is that it does ground it in reality, because it is dull, and nothing major happens, and then you get the scene at the end, and you're like, oh, a weird, creepy cabin, and he's standing in the corner, and there's weird handprints, and lots of weird noise that you've never heard through the rest of the film. Um, and yeah, Skinner Marink is kind of similar, that it's really dull and then sometimes hits you with stuff in an effective way. Okay. Well, no, I, I, I think I could get down with that. Yeah, worth worth watching. And then if you don't like it, you can shout at me. That goes to right. all of you. Send emails in <laughs> Not and just say, me. Rob, you're talking a load of rubbish. All capitals, please. <laughs> um, there's a link in our show notes to where you can give us money like a virtual tip jar um, and we'll be back next week to talk about A League of Their Own the film not the annoying sport not the game irritating show. TV show I'm glad yeah which I really hate that it has the same name as a very good film <laughs> so we'll put that to bed next week alrighty I'm looking forward to it alright bye bye, bye.